Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Evening, folks. And uh, this is episode 205 now and as any listeners who've listened to us on a regular basis will tell us, there's something wrong with Alex's voice. What could it be? Well, Alex has got a cold, yes, and he's fucked off with it. But, um, but this is still going to be a great episode, Rob, because I've got some fantastic stories and you told me you have too. I'm happy. I'm and, happy. and I really think this is going to be a corker of an episode. I think so. I think we need to crack on as well because I think we've got a few to get through this week. Is that you hurrying me up? It actually is. Right, well then let's just get straight on with it then. Lovely. This is a podcast all about local news and you'll find out what it's about. If this is your first time listening, you'll get the idea of it very soon. Rob. <laughs> very soon. Well, you oh, Now, basically. Now, this is from the new shopper, Rob. Uh, it's a great story. It's by Joe Dempsey. I just, I mean, obviously, when I read this headline, I just immediately saved it without even reading what the story was. And in fact, in fact, I haven't read it. This is the first time I've read it because the headline is that good. Lovely. I, I know the story stories. is going to be a corker. Headline. Mother thrown into bush by Sidcup Little Manager while trying to defend her eight-year-old son. <coughs> yeah, you're getting the cold Sorry. already. <coughs> I'm okay. Sorry, a little manager threw a woman into, into a, a bush. bush. Right. Yeah. Over, I'm guessing there's some sort of uh, argument... A mother defending her son from an aggressive little manager in Sitcup was thrown into a bush, according to a governor at a nearby school. An eagle-eyed governor. must have been there with his binoculars. <laughs> How does the, the governor know? Well, find out, Rob. Listen to the story. Sorry, yeah, You're yeah. so impatient. I'm sorry. The mother was with her son on the way to the Hope Community School in Sitcup in the morning of March the 3rd and stopped at the little next to the school. Mel Foreman is a parent governor at the Hope Community School and she said that it shocked the close-knit community at the school. She said... We, as a school, are 150 sets of parents that regularly shop in this little, as it's so close to us. This incident has traumatised us all, particularly the children who witnessed it. Trauma, Rob. Can I just clarify? Does that mean that anyone who attends a school has to use the supermarket by default? Yes. Right. In my opinion, an assault on one of us is an assault on all of us. To me, that sounds like fighting talk. The incident involved a mother of eight-year-old twins, Rob. She was shopping at little on the way to school, and when she was left the store, she heard her son shouting. Miss Foreman said she turned around to find the manager, who is well over six foot tall, grappling with her eight-year-old, attempting to take the guitar, doesn't say what that means, <laughs> just the guitar, asking if he'd taken it, keeping in mind they do not sell guitars. So, boy goes into Little with mum with his guitar, he wants to carry his guitar around with him because he's really into his music. Yeah. Little manager doesn't realise he doesn't sell guitars in his own store, accuses eight-year-old of stealing said guitar because Little now sell so much of everything he thought, guitar, we must be selling that, he's nicked it. We know, if you remember... This, this is, is a great story, no? Yeah, it is, it really is. Going back a bit, we actually um, discussed Little selling a chainsaw and then a yep. uh, listener sent in the picture of the fact that actually Little do actually sell chainsaws, amazingly. Yep. So maybe they sell guitars too. Uh, also, is it not possible that there may be, some, there may be more to the story? Well, let's hear it all. The mum intervened, and the resulting tussle ended with her in a bush. Right. The problem here, as I believe, is there is a serious issue around the aggressive nature of the staff in this location. A spokesperson from Riddle said, We always strive to achieve the highest standards of customer service, and we're disappointed to hear of this matter. The circumstances are being investigated as a priority. And unfortunately, Rob, that is it. No, 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 Alex, there's more to this story. There is, but the journalist hasn't bothered to find it out. Um, Now, you asked me a while ago, you said to me... Who was that? You asked me who was that commenter we used to have on New Shopper a little while back who would go off onto these long ramps, and I remembered who it is because I saw him again. It was a professional's 1970. Yes, it was. Who That's is right. now going under the moniker of all all one word, no spaces. Right. The professional's 1970, the real account, not the imposter. <laughs> which I love. So is he trying to claim that someone tried yeah. to steal his identity? Which I love because that to me, if Alan Partridge would sign up to a local paper to comment, that would be his sort of his handle. Alan be. Partridge, the real. Account, not the imposter. Do you want to hear what he's got to say? I do. Truly shocking. I live in Chiselhurst now, but do go to this one occasionally. And this is truly horrendous. The manager should have called the police and not taken things into his own hands. There's no punctuation as usual, by the of way. Of course, yeah. If there was a supposed theft, and as I was taught from a young age by very strict parents, you never strike a woman or a girl. Instead, you need to be the bigger man and walk away. It's as simple as that. If I did that, I'd get the sack, same as anybody else would. Makes him a big man picking on a mother and a child, does it? And Cookie Bear 67 says to the professional of 1970, the real account, not the imposter, don't believe everything you read. There are no bushes around. <laughs> Can I just say, I like the idea that his parents at an early age taught him not to strike women or children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They had to... They had to uh, also, I, can I just say, it. I have my own take on the story. I okay. think what had happened is... Oh, there we go. Blame the victim. They're on the... No. Yeah. Well, possibly. They're on the way to school and... Um, 
I mean, I don't know the area at all, to be honest, but I'm going to make some... Uh... Sounds nicer, doesn't it? Chislehurst. It does. It's, uh, it sounds like it should be... I think Chislehurst is in Kent, isn't it? Mm. I think. Yeah. I imagine that the eight-year-old was trying to busk in the store. Ah. But did that deserve physical assault? We don't know what he was playing. Good point, Rob. Um, yeah, very good point. Next story... From the new, all my stories are from the new shopper this week. I didn't even have time to look at the Bournemouth Echo because the choice on the new shopper was so good. This is by a new journalist, Pippa Allen Kinross. Pippa Allen Kinross is high double double barrel. Is there a picture? No. Oh. Could look her up. Uh, it's from the uh, well. It's from yesterday, I believe. And for the fastidious amongst you, we're recording on the 9th of March. Headline: Graphic content as defined: three hundred thousand pounds. £300,000, Rob, after dead mice, flies and rotting food found in Enfield Depot that delivers across London. And yes, there is a picture. Supermarket chain Astro has been fined 300 grand after dead mice, flies and rotting food are found at... Yeah, we we know that. Council safety officers made the discovery in the bread section of the depot in Enfield, which distributes food to online suppliers across the capital. Mouse droppings were found on shelves, and inside a packet of cereal, a packet of sugar in home baking aisle had clearly been gnawed by rodents, and shells of fly po- <laughs> Shells of fly... How do you say it? Is it Popeye? Popeye. Popeye. P-U-P... P-U-P-A-E. You know, pooper. Pooper, you know, you know, like eggs. Yeah. You don't larvae, know I don't know why I know. I have no idea. And shells of fly larvae were spotted under the shelves. Because <laughs> there's a very good episode title somewhere in that sentence. Yeah. Um... Clearly gnawed by rodents and shells of fly larvae spotted under the shelves. I like that. Inspectors also found split foodstuffs and rotting coriander in the home delivery trays when they visited the depot in Southbury Road on May 27th, Can't 2016. Can't say I'm a big fan of rotting coriander. It's a, it's a good name for a band. It is, obviously. Uh, the rotting corianders. Yeah. <laughs> Asda admitted three food safety and hygiene breaches at Highbury Coroner, Magi- Coroner Magistrates Court. It's not my coroner's dealing with it. Asda no. said it had carried out a full and thorough review to improve its food safety processes, including its pest control. A spokesperson for the supermarket said the conditions found at our Enfield Home Shopping Centre in May 2016 were completely unacceptable. We're deeply sorry that on this occasion a strict process if we have in place failed at a local level. Bloody, 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 bloody. Again, I'd, bloody. L- I'd love to know what these strict processes is. That's like, going to prevent, you know, fly larvae and dead rats and so Would on. you like to see the, the quite frankly, horrific picture of what was Do found. I want to see it? Yeah, because I want you to describe it for the listener. And listeners, do look up this story. Uh, graphic content has to find £300,000 after dead mice, flies and rotting food found in depot that deliver. Listeners, I'm doing this for your benefit. I mean, that, that really is disgusting. They're huge. What right? I love is in the middle of... Uh, describe. The, uh, three dead rats. Are they flies or cockroaches? They're cockroaches, I mean, they're aren't they? are big flies. What I love is in the middle of all that, there's just two chocolate cookies. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> And a, uh, sorry, temporarily out of stock sticker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, anyway, I didn't read out the comments on that story, Rob, because we've been building to one of the favourite stories I've had in a while, because, Rob, you're not going to believe this. It's from the new shopper. It's from five days ago. We talked about it recently. Where has he gone? Well, he has returned. Don't tell me he's back. Andy Parks is back. Oh, God, I thought, I thought you meant Alan Ames is back. Not Alan Ames, even better. Andy Parks, editor of the new shopper, Rob, is back. <sighs> With right. a comment. So this must be his new feature. With a comment? Not called Thoughts of the Week, it's called Comment Headline. So this must be the new feature, but it's the comment section, Rob, where it really gets good, and we discover some very interesting details. Can I... You are going to love this, Rob. I really want you to get comfortable for this. Okay, okay, go on, go on. Yeah, go on, are you going to say something? No, does he, at any stage, interject in the comment section? No. Oh, it's a shame. Comment. Stop feeding pigeons and helping these flying rats to spread their filth. I love to... <laughs> So after all this he's, time, he's, he's been always away. behind, isn't he? Always behind. Like Kevin Livingston talked about this when he was mayor, mate. I mean, but let's face it; he's never changed tact. It's still the same. Yes, turgid shit. He keeps yeah. flying rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right here we go, Rob. This is what Andy Parks has got to say after I think about a year, maybe more. Yeah, flying rats spreading filth and disease, or just wild birds deserving of our concern as any others. Views about pigeons have always been divided, but does anyone really understand the law when it comes to controlling them? This week I witnessed an old fellow brazenly flouting the law. Even after I pointed out what he was doing, he simply ignored me and carried on. Openly feeding pigeons on the street from two huge bags of grain. Good episode title. Yeah. He refused point blank to accept what he was doing was wrong. So Rob, I want to stop in the story to take a breather. So, so far, what have you, what have you, uh, you know, um, um, deciphered from this, from that, this article? That uh, Andy Parks has basically accosted an old man who's trying to just feed the birds, basically. And said, oi, what are you doing? Yeah. And got involved in a verbal spat with him. I, I like the idea that he started then quoting legislation at him. 
You do know I'm the editor of the new shopper. You do know who I am. <laughs> you do realise on, on the, under highways code that is technically illegal. Is it? I've no idea. Right. I've no clue. The the trouble is, when I pointed out his actions to a passing police officer, he simply advised me to mind my own business and not to get into <laughs> I think that Andy oh. Parks has reached an even more desperate and lonely state since we last heard of him. So now, not only have he accosted an elderly man who's simply feeding some pigeons, yeah. he's dobbed him to the police. So, which is very partridge. Do you remember it, when partridge is in choristers and he and he and, and he scrasses up the boys wearing jeans? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is epitomising. But also, Alex, how much time does this man have on his hands that he feels he needs to report this supposed crime to a police officer? It's an indiscretion, Rob. He says, if we're not prepared to enforce our laws, you have to ask, what is the point in having them? Rob, what is the point in having a law about feeding pigeons if it's not enforced? Is there a law? I have no idea. Not a clue. Surely controlling pigeons benefits everyone. And by not taking action against these antisocial, irresponsible people who feed these birds, we are condoning their actions, justifying what they're doing and encouraging the spread of disease. Rob, what what strikes me as I read this is, in all this time he's had off, all the social issues he could have raised, he has chosen to pick on people who feed pigeons. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I think it again speaks of a man who is quite petty. And clearly conservative in his outlook, Rob. Oh, absolutely. If this, if this is the kind of thing that, that merits his ire, then God knows what. Pigeons are recognised, Rob, as pests right across the country, but the UK doesn't have any law forbidding the feeding of wild birds. Instead, we rely on a hodgepodge of bylaws drawn up and overseen by borough councils which adopt wildly different approaches to the issue. Some don't even recognise the problem, while others not only make it clear it's illegal to feed them, but actually offer advice on how to kill them as humanely as possible. So according to him, there's council guidance out there saying, don't feed pigeons, just says how to kill one. Brilliant. I want to see that advice. But how also, to kill a pigeon. Do you think it's like one of those, you know those like council diagrams and it's got you kind of throttling the pigeon's <laughs> neck? It's just gently turning the head to yeah, one or side. Dissolving it's it in a, snap the neck. Yeah, or dissolving it in a vat of acid. Yeah. I also like the idea that he's, he's obviously sat at his computer scrolling through yep. various council yep. web pages trying yep. to find this legislation. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I think it's high time all councils in our area publish their policy and their bylaws very clearly on their website so everyone knows where they stand. So he's saying there should be a tab, pigeon rules, for every council. Makes sense, yeah. You know, if you go, you go onto the, the council website, what are you looking for? There's various things, maybe. Yeah, like refuse collection, council, council tax, tax, yeah. Pigeons. Pigeon murder. Pigeon murder, yeah. Um, I think it's. Yeah. Sorry, not pigeon murder, um, humane pigeon killing. A lonely woman who said she fed pigeons in her garden because they were her only company she could get was fined £2,300 after her neighbours complained and she, was, and she refused to stop feeding them. Meanwhile, Beryl Withers, 81, who just finished a sandwich, emptied out the remaining crumbs for the <laughs> birds. <laughs> Council wardens told her she was breaking the law and could face a £2,000 fine. In oh. the end, she only had to pay 50 And by the way, then he ends with saying, so in theory, anyone who leaves little tidbits out on a bird table could end up being fined. All the while, this guy I saw in a town centre goes on unquestioned that's the end of the article Rob you will notice he's written far more than he normally writes he's actually put some time and effort he's into obviously incensed by this matter would you like to hear a classic comment section for all the ages now yes really says Andrew Parks you've picked on a pensioner and published his photo who feeds the pigeons hang on there's a photo of the old man yeah they published a photo of the old man feeding the birds yeah okay that's mm. Mm. takes you to a different level doesn't it are there really no other more pressing issues in Epson and Ewell than this? Why aren't you focusing your reporting on real problems such as the states of the roads, the potholes that grow and grow and then get filled with cheap rubbish that lasts the two days it takes to be signed off on and then crumbles, the fly tipping across the borough, the state of the pond in Rosebury Park. My children have grown up now, but they love going to see the ducks and the fish there. It's now cordoned off, a cordoned off eyesore. The proposed redevelopment of the old dairy into a supermarket at one of the worst junctions in the town. I'm sure you can do better. Prove me right. And David Seven picks up on yes, really's point. He says, because Andrew Parks is not a proper journalist. He's a boss who has overseen the sacking of lots of talented journalists as NewsQuest seeks to make more money. To keep the website busy and advertisers happy, there's now very, op- there's now very few properly researched local news articles, just clickbait like this, rehashed local national news, quirky stories culled from the internet and content from press releases. I can't find a proper piece of local journalism with his byline. So sad. Holy shit. So we wondered where a lot of journalists have gone. And now we know. He is, he's turning it into a, uh, a clickbait website, which has been quite apparent for a while now. Yeah, Yeah, but I think, unfortunately, I think that's the way local news is going. Paul C says... I almost, say, if, if, that, if this trend continues, we could be out of a job. Well, we're not paid, but yeah. Yeah, we could be out of a, hobby, out of a podcast. Paul C says, almost two decades ago, I visited a friend in a remote village. He threw a party for me and a couple of friends. The main course was chicken wings. There was something off about them. 
Kind of smallish, but tasty nevertheless. Anyway, it turns out we ate pigeons that night. The guy had no money and he was too ashamed to say anything, so he prepared his uncle's homing pigeons for us. Now, Rob, when I read that, I immediately thought, this is what I'm going to get at your wedding, isn't it? <laughs> I hope that. Your jerks. Excuse me, I've really sort of, you know, I splashed out. It's going to be a wood pigeon. Now, Rob, there is an episode title. Maybe multiple in this comment. Deborah Vella says, The most murderous, destructive, arrogant, ignorant, filthy, greedy, rubbish and waste-creating, disease-spreading living things on this planet with complete disregard to other living things destroying habitats and environments all over the world and the planet are... No, Rob, not pigeons. Humans. Feeding wild birds will not change that. And um, the professionals, 1970, the real account, not the imposter, said, I'm more concerned with the flying rats and vermin in Parliament uh, and the Tories and Labour. So that's his contribution to this. Great. Would you like to hear more about Andy Parks? Of course, yeah. Well, Donna B says, Andrew Parks, what a bitter, uneducated creature you are. No wonder the policeman told you to mind your own business. What a sad, pathetic (laughs) life you must lead to want to get a caring, compassionate man fined and sent to court for trying to prevent a few birds from dying of starvation. You horrible little man. Humans are the disease spreaders, not pigeons. Google how many people have died as a result of Wellis disease. I've never heard of it. Not even one a year. They do no harm. Why not research facts instead of spouting bitter little opinions that have no actual factual content? You're meant to be a journalist, for God's sake. Gutter press. It's vermin like you that spread harm and disease. Pigeons saved hundreds of human lives, Robin, World War One. They can even detect fucking breast cancer. You shouldn't say fucking breast cancer. <laughs> I've jumped into canals to rescue waterlogged pigeons on a few occasions. <laughs> so she has dived into canals to rescue waterlogged pigeons. Honestly, love, I, 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 do you know what? Up to this point, I've been respecting what you're saying, but just let the pigeon die. But Rob, she finishes by saying, if I saw you drowning, Andrew Parks, I'd let you. I love that. And if I saw him drowning, I'd not only let him, but I'd spit on him as well. Can I... Um, <laughs> Can I just go back to what, there's a line in there that could be a, a fantastic episode. A, a, a bitter, is it a bitter opinion? A sin to do with opinions? Uh, spouting bitter little opinions that have no actual factual content. I love yes. that, okay. Um, but Jibbo Joseph felt something very interesting, Rob. Mm. Very interesting indeed. He says, well said, Donna. I think he might have been under the influence of drink. Open brackets, again, close brackets, when he wrote this piece. <laughs> so the insinuation is being that Andrew Parks is an alcoholic. Which isn't beyond the bounds of possibility. No, but this is turning into a character assassination. Would you like to hear the last? Of course part I would. Of that? It's by Chili Man. Last comment. I've just checked out old Parksy on the interweb. It looks like he enjoys writing what he thinks are controversial articles to get us readers wound up. Well, you should listen to our back catalogue, Rob, because yeah. we've got all of them. But they're a bit weak and pathetic, really, much like the one above. What's odd though? He looks just like I imagined him to. Sort of a baby-faced, sort of a baby-faced little fellow wearing what looks like a cheap suit. Never trust a man in a suit. I read in an article that he spoke to a passing servant of the law about a chap feeding the pigeons, and that makes me and that makes me think. And I say this without prejudice: was all Parksy a bit of a snitch at school? Teacher, sir, <laughs> I just saw Jones Minor smoking park smoking park drive cigarettes behind the bike shed whilst looking at pictures of ladies in a state of undress in a dog-eared copy of Big and Bouncy Gentleman. <laughs> just a thought. Do you know what? I think they've called that exactly right. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Rob, after that, well, it's quite long, actually, 19-minute opening segment, I apologise, but it was worth it. What have you got for us? So this is a very, very short story. It's going back a bit, so it's from the... Can Can you twin it with your next one? Yeah, I will do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It's from the 24th of Feb, uh, and it's from the... When's your birthday again? 21st. I've put it in the diary now as a recurring reminder. Good. That with Robert Mugabe next to it, so I remember. (laughs) I'm still, I still can't believe that we share a birthday. I'm so honoured. Uh, so you and Robert Mugabe, not you and me. Don't join no, no, me no, on this. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is in the Stroud News and Journal, and the headline, Spotted in Stroud. Christmas comes early with tinsel cloud trolley. What? Yes. Christmas? It's fucking March. Uh, yes, yeah. Right. Uh, it appears it's Christmas... not left over from December. It could be. Right. Also, I mean, you had to sort of ask the question... Why is this news? <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Uh, it appears that Christmas has come early to Stroud with a tinsel-clad trolley which has appeared outside Stroud Station. Uh, although it's 304 days until Christmas Day, <laughs> it seems some Stroud residents are already well in the mood for the festive season to begin. Uh, Who wraps tinsel around a trolley in the first place? Tramps. Why? To get festive. Uh, hey, Christmas is for tramps too, you know. Yeah, okay, all right. I, wasn't th- I, did, I didn't bring tramps into this. You did. Good, well... Vagrant yes. is the proper term, actually. Right? Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. It's not yet known who left 
what appears to be a Tesco trolley. I love the fact they've tried to identify where the trolley is coming from. Mm -hmm. Surely with a Tesco trolley, it says it on the handle. Yep. Yep. Um, as an early gift, but the S&J is on the case. End of story. They reported this. Yes. They report... Sorry. <laughs> so we're going from news shopper clickbait to Stroud News and Journal, and the only thing to happen that of any note is that they found a trolley with some tinsel on it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. that, that's it. Okay, your next story. Uh, so next story is actually... Where did, where did I hear about this now? Maybe I saw it on Twitter. I can't remember now. But um, So I apologise for that, but it's from the, the Lancashire Telegraph. Ooh. So we're going up north. Uh, it was from the 11th of Feb. And the headline, Drunk driver arrested after he mistakes car wash for McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> what? <laughs> A man has been arrested after mistaking a car wash for McDonald's drive-thru. So what did he do? Like, did he just, I'm going to tell me, just tell me. Police in, Ribble, police in Ribble Valley said the 26-year-old man was arrested close to McDonald's restaurant off the A59 at the Ribble Valley... Sorry, hang on. Sorry, I've really, sorry, just let me get this right. I need to get this right now. Did he mistake a car wash for McDonald's drive-thru or a McDonald's drive-thru for a car wash? No, he mistook a, uh, the car wash for McDonald's. Right. Yeah. We, <laughs> we can work it out the other way around after we finish the answer. Yeah. Right. Um, and that was included wrong. In a botched bid to get some takeaway food, the driver drove into a car wash next uh, next door before colliding with and damaging a fence at the fast food restaurant in the early hours of today. So he just kind of sped in there, did he? I think he was trying to go down. So, I so think he, somebody already in the car wash was there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think this was uh, this was early in the morning. Yeah, in the early hours of today. I can just right. imagine him hitting the fence and then going, "Yeah, I'll have a Big Mac and fries." <laughs> In a, in a Facebook post, Ripple Valley Police said, well... Oh, once again, the police reporting other people's business on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, another drink driver fails to get past Clitheroe Police. Oh, he didn't fail to get past you. He crashed into a car wash. Yeah. So he probably did get past we you. We always get our man. <laughs> After they've crashed their they car. They should have made a McBurglar joke. Although he wasn't burglar then, things doesn't really work. It's not a McBurglar. It's always a hamburger. Yeah, sorry, hamburger. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, after thinking <laughs> that you can attend McDonald's and order some food through a takeaway... Uh, order some, sorry. And order some takeaway food. Unfortunately for the driver, he thought the car wash next door was a drive through and it ended up being taken into custody. So he's been arrested because he was drink driving? Yes. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, remember, guys, don't drink and drive. It's just not worth it. It isn't. Uh, at 9 a.m., the suspect remained in custody after being arrested on suspicion of drink driving. And that's, uh, again, the end of the story. Now, I do have one more story, which I've told you is quite lengthy. Now, do you, do you want, yes, should we yes, save let's it? Let's get on with it. Go on. Okay. Yeah. So. And then listen to the story. And listen to a right. Yeah. Okay, go on then. So, listeners, brace yourself for this. Um, now, we've been featuring a lot of stories by John Mooner, and it's kind oh. of the same... It's not by him, oh. by the way, I, I hasten to add. We haven't this featured is... stories by John Mooner, we feature stories about John Mooner. I doubt yes. John Mooner can write. <laughs> it's a good point, yeah. yeah. Without, without believing that the pen is a UFO or an alien. He may have a dictaphone. He's got a camera, he may have a dictaphone. Anyway, I'm just speculating. So this is from the Mirror. Um, I did see this on Twitter. It's by two people. It's by uh, Liam Geraghty and Annabelle Howard. I'm always surprised when a tabloid needs two people to write the article. Well, you never know. Yeah, okay. I mean, one substantiates the claims and then one makes up the rest of it. <laughs> I retract that comment. <laughs> I don't think you need to. No, that's fine. It's from the 9th of Feb. Headline. Mum claims she's being haunted by a black-hatted man. Sorry, by a man-hating black... Monk? Sorry, <laughs> let me friend. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. Sorry. I'm getting really confused. A racist ghost. Let me, <laughs> let me read that head on again. Mum claims she's being hunt, haunted by a man-hating black monk ghost who won't let blokes come near her. Fucking what? A, long headline. a man-hating black monk ghost? Yes. What the fuck is that? It's a, it's a, a ghost of a, of a black monk. So the monk is black, what, what, what ethnicity? No, I think a black-robed Rogue. ghost. So it's a black-robed monk ghost who hates men? Yes. What the fuck? A mum claims that a, a man-hating black monk ghost won't let any, monk, any man come near her and has even scared her children and former, parent, uh, former partners away. So we can surmise this is a very unattractive woman who's trying to come up with an explanation to why men aren't interested. Alex, that, that's unfair. <laughs> is there a picture? There is a picture. Okay. Well, I mean, she's in her 50s, so you know, give us some credit. It could be attractive in your 50s, right? Exactly. No, absolutely, Al. But anyway, Tracy Proctor said she'd been haunted by the protective black monk figure for the past 14 years. He's protective of her? Yes. Oh, God. The 52-year-old mum of three said... the 14 years? Yes. Right. And she should be in this house. The 52-year-old mum of three said the spooky sightings force her sons, boyfriends and male visitors to flee the house. 
She lives, Why has she stayed there for 14 years? Because she's, it, it, it doesn't intimidate her. It, right. it's, it's, it's driving men away, her. Rob. Yeah. Apparently it's not an issue. They just, apparently she's going to their, their houses instead. Oh, right, okay. Uh, she's been she living... doesn't come out with her. He doesn't drive her there and, no, not and text her and say, where are you? <laughs> she doesn't mention that. She's lived in her, in her home in Wakefield, West Yorks, for 19 years, where spirits move keys, glasses and e-cigarettes around. It's a very random list. Yeah. Keys, How many glasses, e-cigarettes has she got? Apparently a few. Right, okay. Kara Tracy even blames the cheeky spirit for repeatedly pulling down the knickers on her antique dolls. Mm. <laughs> Any comments? No. She believes the god... Uh, the What's that got to do with protecting her? Uh, That's just his way of having a bit of a laugh. Or just being a really kinky ghost. Does he like to watch Jeremy Carl in the afternoons? I mean, does he have hobbies? Or, okay. I like to think she goes out and he just, he just, you know... Have a sandwich. After all the, all the protective, uh, you know, activities, he just sits down, like I said, have a sandwich, puts the TV on. Watch Antiques Roadshow that he's TV'd. Exactly, yeah. And then yeah. when she comes home, he just, you know, I don't know, gets back in the cupboard. Yeah. She believes that, that the ghoul has forced sons Glyn, 31, and Alec, 24, to move out and said that both... Co- no, what's forced them to move out is that you're mental. <laughs> That's unfair, Alex. Okay. <laughs> we don't know this. Um, and and has said that both current and former boyfriends have also reported witnessing ghostly encounters with the ghostly presence. <laughs> ghostly encounters with the ghostly Sorry, presence. close encounters with the ghostly presence. Oh, right, I do okay. apologise. That's a good episode, Tal. Yeah. <laughs> close encounters with the ghostly presence. Yeah, mm. but I'm sure we... Yeah. <laughs> Grand of Four Tracy said... Many men have been driven out of my home. Yes. <laughs> it does seem to affect the males around, around me because of what happens with my sons and partners. It's definitely, it's definitely stopped me from having relationships. And if I meet someone, then I know what's going to happen. <laughs> then I'm not going to see them again if they come back well, to what me. What happens? She must tell us. Right, okay, yeah, great, come on. When my son came back from university, I said he could stay in the bedroom. But Her bedroom? No, no, no. <laughs> He, she said, I can, uh, he said, I said he could stay in a bedroom. I can feel it's particularly demonic. If your son was coming back from university, yeah, and it's very kind of, a, I mean, to be fair. So she's saying, I feel my bedroom is de- demonic. So no, I'll tell you what, son, you can sleep in it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Is that not slightly, not slightly strange? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would make me want to leave. Yeah. I thought initially that he was making it up when he said he could hear footsteps. I told him it was the dogs, but he said they, they were in the, in the room with him. He was freaked out by it. Um, there have been many stories and I just get used to it really ex-boyfriends have seen a black figure and people and before people have packed their bags and said they couldn't hack it but for me <laughs> it's a nice feeling actually because when I'm feeling low I can feel like a cloak coming over me and it's like the spirit is protecting me oh. other people might think it's crazy oh sorry other people may not be interested in it I think that I'm quite crazy but it seems to have looked after me uh, while I've been in this house and nothing bad has ever happened Despite sharing a home with the poltergeist, Tracy said she feels protected. It's not a poltergeist. A poltergeist doesn't it hurl things around. Yeah, but it's been moving things like glasses, oh, oh, uh, yes, yes, e-cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> Tracy said she feels protected by her by a spectral lodger and has no plans to leave her haunted home. She said the ghost particularly likes to taunt her by constantly messing with her prized dolls' house, uh, prized dolls' houses, and antique dolls, even reportedly pulling down the knickers of one of the dolls. Which. I don't know. They could have just fallen down. They could have just fallen down, to be fair. That's true. Um, and Tracy also claims to have captured the image of a phantom corgi on camera posting, uh, posing next to her own pooches, eight-year-old Ridgeback. So she's also got a ghost dog now? Yes. Have you got a yeah. picture of the ghost dog? Uh, I don't think there is a picture of the ghost right. dog. Right. Let me have a look. No proof. Right. No, there's nothing about mm. the ghost dog, I'm sorry to say. Um, Can I see a picture of her? I mean, is that going to make a difference? Yes. Oh, okay, there you go. There's a picture of her. Because I want to see, you know, does she? She looks very. Yeah, she doesn't. She looks quite normal. Yeah, yeah. If there is such a thing, yeah. There's a picture of the ghost, by the way, um, with some men in the living room. Would you like to see a picture of the ghost that she took? Um, doesn't say. Is it... Oh, it's video footage, apparently. But uh... oh, right. So, so this is a picture of. It looks like a smudge on the lens. It could be, yeah. It's just a white. It looks like a white cloud in the middle of the room, sort of. It's just a smudge, Rob. It's just a bit. It looks like a bit of cotton wool got no, on the no, lens. No, it's, it's a monk. It's not a monk, it's, is it? It's a protective monk. Oh, God. She should get together with John Mooner. It'd be a great couple. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, 
So she also went on by saying, "I'm not familiar with I'm not familiar with the Black Monk of Pontefract Ghost because this is this, so." There's a very famous house in Pontefract, which is apparently... Where's Pontefract? In uh, West Yorkshire. It's no. not far away from where she lives. But all I know is several people described what they've seen as a black hooded figure. So it's definitely something like that. The 14-year reign of terror saw Tracy... But she says nothing bad's happened. It's not a 14-year reign of terror. She says she likes it. Well, for the, for the, uh, the gentleman callers to her house. Oh, right, okay. Uh, of so which there seem to be numerous. <laughs> she's reached out to paranormal expert brothers, Mark Vernon, 51, and oh. 50-year-old Darren Vernon, and the pair recently visited her house to look for haunted evidence. They were stunned when footage of an interview they filmed with Tracy showed a white or appear on the screen, which we've already seen. Mark said, Tracy has seen a couple of my videos, as she asked, uh, as we're both in Wakefield, to come and have a look. The family had been scared out and she'd lost her boyfriend because he was too scared to set foot in the house. They've all seen a black monk-like figure. We were only there for about three hours, but I couldn't wait to get back again. There's definitely something happening. She's not crazy. And we will get to it 100%. And we will get, and we will get it 100%. I think he's trying to imply that... They're going to catch the ghost. Yeah. We were only there for three hours. And I bet they charged by the hour as well. Yeah. So apparently in that, in that three hours, it was enough to prove that there was something in the house haunting and scaring off both her children and any potential suitors. Can you look out for an update to that story? Of course, yeah. Why didn't she mention this earlier on rather than wait 14 years to bring it up? Well, it's fair to say that obviously maybe she's in, you know, her children left home because they've been terrified out in the front door. Um, and maybe she's just she's looking at a companion and realised that actually the only real companion she has is apparently a black hooded figure who wraps his cloak around her when she's feeling lonely. <laughs> Right, Rob, a brief general anaesthetic this week, because where I deal with more national news. Of course. Um, I'm just going to mention very quickly, not read the story, that uh, George Osborne, according to The Guardian, is being paid £650,000 for working one day a week. I can believe that. And do you know who he's working for? BlackRock. Oh, God, is he really? The fund management firm. So he works one day a week and he's getting six hundred and fifty grand. I, what I've got a problem with here is him using his office. I've got a big problem with ex-politicians using the status of their office to secure themselves these cushy salaries, yes, I, don't I you? I think agree. it's absolutely disgusting. Anyway, yeah. let's go to a more unusual story. I don't know if you would have seen this in The Guardian. I'm hoping you missed it. By Marina Hyde uh, from The Guardian. She, 2nd of March. No, it doesn't sound familiar. Would you have remembered the journalist? I might have done. If I say countdown? No. Countdown conundrum. Was Richard Whiteley's favourite nine-letter word espionage? I, I saw muttings of this on Twitter, but I haven't read the story. To the roll call of rumoured and confirmed celebrity spies is added a name that can more than hold its own along the likes of Cary Grant, Harry Houdini, Greta Garbo and Frank Sinatra. It is Richard Whiteley, yes, the countdown one, who has been fingered as an erstwhile MI5 agent by the former royal family star Ricky Tomlinson. Sorry, are you claiming that all those other people were... Yeah, they were, all, they were all suggested to have been spies. Oh, suggested. Right, okay, yeah, okay. I think so. Yes, apparently Richard was a spy the whole time he was sitting there openly decoding things on Countdown while dressed like Austin Powers, making him one of <laughs> the few national treasures to, be, to hide in plain sight as something other than the paedophile. Right. It's a great line, that, isn't it? Great <laughs> line. One of the few national treasures to hide in plain sight as something other than the paedophile would be a great episode You can't libel the dead, which is perhaps why Ricky Thomason feels he can now go public with his eye-catching claim. Let's have a look at it. In 1972, Ricky Tomlinson took part in the first national building workers' strike. He's that sort of guy, isn't he? Right. Organised by a rank-and-file body known as the Building Workers' Charter. He and 23 other strikers, who became known as the Shrewsbury 24, were arrested for conspiracy to intimidate, unlawful assembly and affray, and were put on trial in a controversial case that they have always maintained was politically motivated. It ended in 24 convictions, with Tomlinson handed a two-year sentence in 1973. He spent much of his year inside solitary, including a 22-day hunger strike. Good right. on him. So, where does Richard Whiteley come into it all? Well, a documentary about the case was made by Yorkshire Television, produced by Woodrow Wyatt. The Red Under the Bed, as it was known, was broadcast on the very day the prosecution completed its case, in the rather more freewheeling era before the Contempt of Court Act. 
Um, furthermore, the screening of the documentary was followed by a half-hour studio discussion hosted by Wiley, whose final question posted to the, posed to the Tory MP, Geoffrey Stuart-Smith, ran, can you give me one example in 1973 of blatant communist influence? Stuart-Smith cited organised violence in the building strike by the Building Workers' Charter. So this is all seen as really prejudicing the trial, mm. that they would even do that. Fast forward to the present day, and Ricky, who has never given up his protest against the conviction, announced, we found out this week that the film was designed, written, made, and paid for by the security services. Woodrow Wyatt was a member of the security services, and unbelievably, so was Richard Whiteley, who hosted the show. Richard Whiteley from Countdown was a member of the intelligence services. That is Ricky Tomlinson's quote. Well now, Ricky made this announcement in a Weatherspoons. <laughs> and before Don't you, gesture at me when you say that. And before you say, yeah, it does sound like shit I've said in Weatherspoons, I should explain it with the Weatherspoons relaunch party for the very pub in which, which organised that fateful picket all those years ago. Oh, wow. Anyway, on to the evidence. Unfortunately, Ricky has declined to share the documents he says he has, but in a speech at the Commons a few years ago about the Red Under the Bed documentary, Tom Watson highlighted a memo from a covert foreign or- Foreign Office anti-communist propaganda unit which states we had a discreet but considerable hand in this programme. Then at the end of 2015 newly released cabinet papers revealed that several of the most senior members of Edward Heath's cabinet attempted to influence the jury specifically by the omission and promotion of this documentary in hand with the security services. Heath himself read a transcript of the film and said we want as much as possible of this. But Whiteley is a knowing agent. I can't see it myself, thinking it more likely is put up to the job by Wyatt or something else. Still, never mind the list, never mind the view of Lost in Showbiz, which is the name of the column. What do those closer to the principals think? We begin with Richard's longtime countdown co-star and friend Carol Vorderman, who hasn't quite turned over nine tiles spelling out bollocks, but says, I wish I would be fascinated to see Ricky's evidence, she says. But there's Richard's friend, Giles Prandreth, who declares that Whiteley couldn't have been a spy. He would have had to have been the best in the business, said Giles, because he never said a word about it to him. Would you say anything to Giles Brandon? He's got a mouth as no. big as anybody's. Even late at night when they were pissed. I like the idea of two of them pissed. I do like this reasoning, as though not disclosing something to Charles Brandis is a guarantee it can't be true. <laughs> and yet, by judging by the form book, Whiteley might have wisely assumed Giles would have been giving the anecdote a second run out on the one show before he had even got it. Uh, before he'd even got rid of the hangover. Um, elsewhere, Richard's friend and former colleague, Jonathan Aitken, says that the presenter was once remarkably interested in an interview Aitken had conducted with Anthony Eden about the Soviet invasion of Czechoslovakia, but warns, from what I know about Mr Tomlinson, I would sup this with a very long spoon. High praise from Aitken, whose libel action against his newspaper collapsed before the legal team were able to formally defend the allegations that he pimped for his Saudi contracts. But perhaps he refers to Ricky's period in the National Front, which he joined in 1968 over immigration and the wrong sort of people getting council houses. His views, his view, his views had travelled leftwards by the very early 70s. Finally, there's Whiteley's long-term partner, Karen. Karen, whose advice to Ricky would be to take more water with it. If Richard was a member of the Secret Services, she judges, maybe Ken Dodd was in charge of MI5. <laughs> Having gone on to say that Whiteley wouldn't even, couldn't even work the VCR, she concludes, I think Richard will be up there with Terry Wogan, having a good laugh at the idea of him being a spy. Or is Richard up there in the celestial equivalent of MI5? And I'm not ruling Wogan out of it. Having a bloody serious discussion about commies with Cary Grant, we simply don't have the evidence to discount the possibility and must leave this file open until we do. One comment I want to read out by Passive Penguins if he said, God, what a consonant vowel, consonant, consonant. <laughs> What's that called? That's... Consonant vowel, consonant, consonant. Fuck. Could be fuck. Could Shit. Be... That would be consonant, consonant, vowel, consonant, wouldn't it? Either way, uh, let's, uh, Rob, what an extraordinary well, story. You, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm, start, I'm getting my, trying to get... I can't even speak. <laughs> extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. I mean, it's, uh, there's no way that's possible. Surely. I think... He, I think. Well, imagine if Captain had been communicating secret messages by the tiles that were like code Could words. Could you imagine that? You, do you know, like, you'd like to a Mancurian candidate somewhere and like that word comes up and he goes off and kills somebody, you know. Although I think... somebody. The idea that in some sort of... Eastern Bloc Soviet state they're tuning to count on every day and yeah. like they're writing down a word a day yeah. <laughs> I appreciate what he's doing but it's taking a fucking age <laughs> absolutely okay Rob it is time for our listener story of the week shall I guess who it's going to be from this week yeah go ahead is it from Jack it is oh my god on his Asian sex tour I had a feeling yeah. that's impressive yeah. Did you see? Did no, you see? No, the, I promise uh, you. I promise you. I had no fun. I saw it on countdown. I can't oh, be honest. You didn't see the the Tokyo Reporter. Oh yes, a bloody Tokyo Reporter. Then. Well, on. that's where we're going, by the way. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh, it's from the fifth of March. So are they still going with the bullet holes in their logo? Oh, of course they are. I don't understand it, but okay. Shooting. What do we say? <laughs> shooting hole, holes. Shooting, shooting holes. Facts or shooting facts. It was a day-to-day phrase. Shooting yeah. facts in the sordid lies of. 
truth. I don't know. <laughs> nice. So this is from the 5th of March. So quite co. What's the date? So it's ninth, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, the story is by Roland Shishijo. Rat. I think. Sorry. <laughs> do you remember Roland Rat? Do you think he was the spy, or do you think he's going to get caught up in Operation U Tree? <laughs> didn't he talk like that? Didn't he talk? Like, hey, rat pals. <laughs> it was a northern accent, wasn't it? Hey. Hey, hey, rat fans. I can't. Hey, I'm moving like that. It's me, Roland Rat. <laughs> I don't think we're getting this right, Can but we started quite a bit. Trying to try and do Roland Rat impressions. Hey. <laughs> Please stop, bro. It's also the hand movement as well. Yeah, sorry. Okay. He was dodgy, man. I used to love Roland Rat and um, Kevin. Yes. I used to love Who's Kevin. Kevin. Kevin was the um, the gerbil thing that used that to. Was it. <laughs> <laughs> he used to stick up his ass after the show. <laughs> okay. Also, now that makes sense. I suppose Kevin was about the same size, but I think when you compare a rat with him, I looked up Roland Rat. Apparently, now he's having a relationship with T- Timmy Mallet. They've just sort of retired together, and they live down in the Cotswolds. Do you know what? I, I really hope that's true. <laughs> Timmy Mallet's an artist now, a proper no, painter. No, he's not. Yeah, I looked him up. He's got a website. He does art. Did you see the story about Art Attack? No. Another story in the Guardian where. Some guy on Twitter, some eagle on Twitter. Do you remember the head on Art Attack that used to talk? Yes. In the way his his hair is made, with all the lines in it, clearly spells out right on top of his forehead, sex. Fuck off. No, on every show it was there. Yeah, I've watched the clips and once you see it, you can't look away. It just says sex. Sick. Wow. What, Neil Buchanan now is a rock, is a rock uh, guitarist. Yes, I did know about that. I actually, I think... Where was I... Right, I can imagine Neil Buchanan, Timmy Mallet and Roland Rat all in a kind of three-way. Yeah... The gerbil got squashed accidentally. They, co- <laughs> they, they covered it up, Rob. What I love is... That's, that's all uh, satire and just wild fantasy. I'm not suggesting any of that is true. Do you remember on episode three, we made a very... We made episode a, three? Yes. You want me to remember? Have you been listening to them? No, no, no. Oh, but okay. I meant, I, this Wasn't is, that the, the something, the something, the something, and the something? It began with the C, the... Was that Brass... I thought it was Brass to Africa. Isn't that not right? No, yeah, was, yeah, it could have been Brass to Africa. No, you're yeah. thinking of the Mayor of the Troll... No. No, I'm not. I'm thinking of a different one. But anyway, go on. We potentially like... <laughs> Potentially live on one of those three. Do and we then we had to pause the episode because we, oh. we hadn't cut it out. That was it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, yeah, that was it. We uploaded the episode. <laughs> We'd left it on there. We had to scramble to get it back because we made some very serious allegations against either Timmy Mallet, Roland Rat, or Neil Buchanan. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, we retract them even though they were never officially made. No. Um, although we still suspect one of them. Right, anyway, that's a joke. Yes. Um, okay, so this is from Japan, obviously, or Tokyo. Um, <laughs> didn't he laugh like that? Did he laugh like that? He, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. Right. Ended every but sentence he was a cockney, with, wasn't he? He, was like, he talked like that, and then he'd end every sentence with, <laughs> laughing. I think, but you know who it was, don't you? Do, no. Do you ever used to watch Young Ones? The Young Ones? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Course. Mike for the Young Ones. Yes. Wow. Mike. Hedgehog. Yeah. Hedgehog. For, why did no. you... Yeah, Mike with oh, Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. Dave Hedgehog. Of Dave Hedgehog yeah, from yeah, yeah. Bottom. That's who it is. Bloody hell. Anyway, I mean, that's, that's a massive tangent. Anyway, listeners, we're going to go back to Tokyo. Have we not even started the story yet? No. Oh, fuck. I don't know. How do, also, how do we even get onto this? I don't know. Anyway, look, I, I really how hope... How do we get onto Roland Rat? I, I have literally no idea. We mentioned the Tokyo reporter and then shooting the, you know, the bullet through the news of truth, whatever that slogan was. Then oh no! We, we, you talked about the, the the article about art. We talked about spies, but that was from the story before. I have literally no idea. Well, yeah, when we listen back, we'll find out. Yeah, you mentioned him, and I don't know why. I didn't mention Ron Rat. You did. We'll find yeah. out when we listen to this edit. What the hell went on? I mean, we can we literally go in the circles. But anyway, right. So anyway, back to Tokyo yet again. <sighs> Ron Rat's very popular in Japan. He's not. Headline, <laughs> puking into water pitcher at Gaiden restaurant leads to arrest for two Chiba men. They always have these stories of breaking social conventions. Come on then. I mean, I don't think breaking a social convention by, by puking to water, into a water cooler at a restaurant. Water cooler, brilliant. <laughs> Chiba, I think it's pronounced Chiba. That is breaking a social Chiba. convention. What are you saying? It's okay? No, I'm <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, okay. Fair point. Uh, so Chiba, Chiba Prefectural Police, or the CPP as I like to call them, have arrested two men who filmed themselves repeatedly chugging water before vomiting into a water pitcher at the Gaiden, which are, or Gaiden, which is um, the chain of restaurants, beef bowl restaurants in 
Funabashi City earlier this year. So Ken, Kento Yasutani and Genta Koakawa, both 20, were arrested... You're better at pronouncing names, Rob. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying. Uh, were arrested on suspicion of, of, of obstructing the Sukiya uh, chain restaurant business by, forging, by forcing it to shutter for... Dis- <laughs> My God. <sighs> by forcing it to shutter for disinfection... Yeah, to shut down for disinfection. Yeah, for to sh- shut shutter. Yeah, I shutter. think it's a phrase. Okay. Yeah. After tweeting footage of the act between 6am and 7.30am... I love the idea that they just vomit and immediately as this happened. The shutters went down, everybody was excluded. <laughs> and, you know. But also, it's very early in the morning. Unless the, the footage... 6am to 7.30am. Well, before work, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> just pop in, play this game, vomit in the uh, yeah. the water cooler. The pair who admitted the charges were repeatedly playing Jankin. Which is other, uh, which is otherwise known as rock paper scissors, ah. with their male friends, where the winner had to chug a large amount of water in what they were calling a water drinking ma- battle for men. Hmm. It's a, uh, it's a very interesting. So, so their idea of fun is to meet early in the morning, play rock paper scissors stone, and whoever loses has to down lots of water in what they were calling a water drinking battle for men. <laughs> it's an episode title. Yes, I think it could well be. So Yasutani uploaded footage of the of Kawa vomiting. Please said. Yasutani, Kawa, and numerous male friends were seen vomiting into plastic bags. Not just the picture, the restaurant in front of... Because they drunk too much water. Yes. They vomited for doing too much water. You can, you can do that. Yeah, okay. I... For those who don't but know... Wouldn't you just be vomiting water? Yeah, no, you will, yeah. With banana chunks. Uh, <laughs> how do you know? They don't know the people eating banana. They thought... I, I, hasn't it amazed you when you're sick how they somehow banana even though you never ate it? No. Oh, just me then. Um, I remember when I was at university, I did, um, for those who don't know, I have a degree. And uh, <laughs> Alex, would you like, like to mention your degree? No. I have a degree as well. Good, okay, good. Why did you say that? I'd just like to clarify. We uh, both are educated listeners. to university exactly. level. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have um, a master's as well. Do you? Oh, of course you do, yeah. 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 You pull off the internet, right? No. Okay. Do you have any postgraduate qualifications? Yes. What? Uh, I, we don't need to go that way now. Um, I have a, a first aid certificate. Um, anyway, so I went. I did a contemporary <laughs> arts degree, and um, it was quite pretentious. But and I remember one of our final year projects. One of my colleagues, uh, colleagues, fellow students, did a project where they had to drink, uh, <laughs> and this was watched by a large audience. This was art, performance art, was it? Yes. Right. They each had a table. So there's, there's about um, maybe five in this group. They each have a table of 100 shots of water and they had to down it over the course of about 15 minutes. And that would mean... What's often, the artistic statement there? Uh, I think it was about uh, it was about famine. No, it's just somebody poncing about... Famine and drought. Okay, fine. <laughs> I can't so retract the phrase poncing about, messing about is what I meant. And would also, and obviously would inv- usually invoke uh, some sort of... Is that, a new te- is that a new television programme? Poncing about with Ronald Rat. Oh my god! Because Ponce is not a word you, you should really use. Poncing about with Ronan Rat. That I mean, you could imagine. Or noncing around. With <laughs> no, no. Poncing around would be fantastic. It would be a children's show where he goes around to various but different ponce, theme parks. But Ponce means doesn't Ponce mean what nonce means? No. Yeah, it does. Ponce means quite sort of. No, um, it does. I'm afraid. Rob, flamboyant. I'm afraid it doesn't, Rob. Ponce. Hang on, Ponce. Meaning. Here we go. More tangents. <laughs> Oh, an effeminate man. A man yes. who lives off a prostitute's earnings, technically. <laughs> so I think... Okay. ...noncing about with uh, with Roland Rat. I think we sit with Ponsonite, where Roland Rat goes around northern towns and then tries to, to build up a, a, an army of prostitutes and then horse them out. Oh, yeah. Roland Rat reinvents himself by becoming a female rat. A transgender Possibly. rat. Yeah. And then ponces around Derby. Yeah. I, I would think it was maybe something a bit more maybe run down, like... Rotherham. A bit more run down than Derby. Mm-hmm. No offence. Yeah. Oh, but I also imagine Ronald Rat as a bit more of a pimp. I can imagine him in like a, a big that's why purple hat. That's why it's ponting around with Ronald Rat, a man who lives off the earnings of his prostitutes. Yeah, that does make sense. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> does it really, Rob? Oh, no. Rob, we're on 52 minutes. Let's get right, over with. <sighs> right, where was I? Uh, okay. One of the suspects... Uh, one of the suspects' Twitter accounts also showed them lying naked on the street. Uh, they also shared uncensored photographs last year in which they were seen taking a shower with their genitals exposed. So do they find this water intoxicating? What led them to take off their clothes? They've not been drinking. Uh, I don't know. Right, too much water leads you to want to take off your clothes. Apparently so. 
Uh, the Tante files confirm the identity of the man. I don't know what the Tante files is, by the way. Confirm the identity of the man, unless it's like the X-Files in Japan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I confirm the identity of the man in no, question. I think it's like Crime Watch. Do you think? No. Tante file. No, sorry, I shouldn't do the accent. I do apologise for that. Um, but the, the, the tweets containing the images were deleted. Most of the tweets on the account were also eventually deleted. Uh, Shensho Holdings, which runs Sukiya, told Tante Files at the time that the company was unaware of the question, of the case in question, which means it may not have happened in the slightest. The company said it would investigate the case after the Tante Files provided details, details including descriptions of the footage and the identity of the suspects. Well, on that note, thank you, Jack. Um, we bring this episode to a close, Rob, as we look forward to the meagre of a mixture of Eager anticipation, yet trepidation, <laughs> to our next episode, which will be episode 206, as we move ever more forward, Rob, like... Um, a rat in his van going around <laughs> the streets of a rundown northern town, opening the back door and showing his wares to his prospective clientele. Just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode 206, and all that remains, Rob, of course, is to say goodbye to this episode it's quite strange when you think about it because I also often imagine the episode as a more maybe downbeat and slightly uh, decrepit version of Rolling Rats because the voices I mean I have no physical form Rob well but that's not I'm true. ethereal well, you we, look more like a rat than I do you smell like one too right. okay but we know you do have a form you look like Ernie or Sesame Street and you sound like Kevin bye okay Rob there's no need for this unpleasantness. I think this time you've hurt his feelings and you might want to apologise next time. That's not going to happen. Um, we can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. We're on Twitter at, at lapodcast. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. And if you go to the website lapodcast.net, you can download all of our previous episodes for free. And there is a donate button in the top right-hand corner. If you, I think it's the top right-hand corner. I it hope is, it is. Yep, yep. If you want to donate to the worthy course, it's this podcast. If you have an iDevice or an Android device, Go on to your podcast app, whatever you're using. Search for LA Podcast, all one word. Or I know on the on Apple devices, if you search for Alex and Rob or Local News, we will come up. And there, of course, you can hit subscribe and leave us a review. And if you go on to YouTube, if you go on to YouTube, you will find uh, a YouTube channel. If you search right now, I'm doing it now, just to prove it works. LAPodcast.net. And we come up. I think it's the first hit. Yes, there it is. There's our channel. Click on it and you will see our videos. We've got videos about Nigel Farage, about... Richard Maidley, a compilation of weird and absurd animal-related conspiracy. Uh, uh, so the best one, I think, Welsh man claims to have sex with hitchhiking ghosts. I love yeah, that that's story. Yeah, that's a great story. And of course, man has bionic penis replacement. Amazing true story. Yeah. Check that out as well and hit subscribe. And uh, yes, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Take care. God bless. And keep it local. Keep it local.